any idea how to get us out of this one, Your Majesty? You could summon Pam. You could summon Jessica. <laughs> oh. So you'd sacrifice my progeny, but not your own. Very unkingly of you. I liked you better when you were brain damaged. Sorry. I'm leaving. Because fucking you made me hungry. And I don't want to drink your blood. Because I'm not ready to be that intimate with you. At least not yet. So you're going to glamour some total stranger and drink their blood? Okay. Huh. I get it. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a hooker with kissing. Not that you're like a hooker. Well, maybe I could pretend to be, if you like that. blood sugar I'll see you around God if your life had a face I would punch it yeah wait what let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. And I'm Matt. And this is episode 27, True Blood, season 4, episode 12, and When I Die. And When I Die? Yes. Oh, cool. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Unofficially. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We were talking earlier about the show True Blood and <laughs> while we were watching this episode for a second time to try to get all of the Ugh. details straight uh, it was like dawning on me that maybe this wasn't the best choice uh, always a good way to start off the episode <laughs> <laughs> but i think my point though is the conclusion that we reached which was there was like no real definitive episode no of true blood as a TV show. It was a show that was basically built on like a bunch of bullshit happening and then a cliffhanger ending. Yes. And if we were going to be, if, you know, if we really wanted to do an appropriate True Blood episode, we would probably just have to do like season one, the whole thing. But like, 
it would be way too much of a time commitment <laughs> for this podcast. Although, really, this sh- <laughs> True Blood is like the original incarnation of this podcast for us. Yeah, Just that's re- what a lot of people might not know. <laughs> <laughs> Reviewing episodes together every Monday. Hearing your letter grade. <laughs> Usually an A. Yeah. <laughs> or an A minus. <laughs> Complaining about the show for two hours and being like, but it was an A minus overall. Even though I would eventually get to the point where I would watch it on fast forward the next day on demand. I didn't really, uh, to be 100% honest, I didn't really get to that level of with the show until the last season. Yeah. I watched it Sunday nights live pretty much. All the way until the last season. Very committed. I mean, it was just something to do. Yeah, I can understand that. It just became a thing. Like, I hated the show, but... <laughs> just so many scenes, so unwatchable. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, like, remember, the show already felt like it jumped the shark in the middle of season two. Right. <laughs> and I ha- And I started to hate everything about it during the second half of season two and yet in retrospect (laughs) season two was so much better than (laughs) some of the other seasons that were yet to come well i mean yeah well we always talk about season two like the the main villain in in it being i believe you once put it as so randomly specific it was just like this weird mythological goddess creature thing but a main ad that's the thing yeah but (laughs) As we were pointing out, during, like this show had terrible villains, like throughout most of its run, and this season four villain in particular, just yeah. terrible. Yeah, um, this is gonna be kind of a tricky thing to go through because you know we haven't watched this show since it was new, so I mean <laughs> we don't really remember a lot of what was leading up to this. But for whatever reason, this particular episode always stuck out to me. As like a, a one of the l- only good episodes really that occurred after like season two and like <laughs> at first it's hard to see why because I mean it starts out pretty terrible and is terrible through a lot of it but like I think like by the time you get to the end of it like I think like I realized why I this episode always stuck out to me because it it definitely like it sets up like a lot of interesting things for the next season yet i mean the payoffs for those things of course weren't really that great (laughs) but like it definitely it 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 just like it it brought back a lot of characters and then like it left all these like questions going on and you're just like what's going on like it's great like which is like you know we've we've already like goofed on the show a lot but like one of the strong things that this show was always able to do was always like hook you in even if it was ridiculous, you would always just be like, "What? Like this is insane! I got to watch next week, right? Because like this ending doesn't is so crazy, and usually it would be nothing, but like, oh yeah, something they'd leave it off and then like immediately reveal what the answer is at the top of the next episode, and you'd be like, "Oh, that's it! All right, <laughs> yeah." And like it really started doing that a lot in season two. It became like a show built around a cliffhanger ending to every episode and most of those cliffhangers were terrible like <laughs> yeah. i remember one was like the big reveal that like marianne the main ad that we were speaking of she had like a giant egg or something and you, oh. it's like what is this egg <laughs> yeah. and then it's just like it's some like bird egg or right so, it's like stupid that like, had no nothing to do with anything really yeah it never led to anything anyway 
so before the episode started and we just went through the like previously on there was like a couple moments that that made me laugh there was like a big showdown in the uh penultimate episode with the main villain where they end up killing her but before that happens she is trying to get uh she tells eric and bill that they have to kill themselves in order to free Sookie, and they immediately oblige which I was like, yeah, I can relate to that. I mean, certainly not for any girl that I've ever dated, but, you know, for maybe random girls that work at various gas stations. Oh, All right. So, yeah, that's like where we are leading into this episode. Like there was a witch who was possessed by another witch and had a coven of witches and they turned like evil. And then they seemingly killed the witch at the end of the previous episode leading into this. So you're not really sure but what she, the finale is going to be like. But she transferred her consciousness into the gay black cook. Lafayette. Lafayette. And yes. I don't know if you saw that. I guess that must have been like the cliffhanger from the last episode. Yeah. Because that's kicks right into Lafayette and his uh, boyfriend hanging out, eating breakfast. But Laf- something's a little off with Lafayette. Yeah, he's not like saying anything. And he eventually uh, stabs the dude with a fork in the hand. <laughs> and then it cuts to the opening credits. Which right. I always, I do appreciate a, like a cold open for a show. Yeah. Game of Thrones rarely does it. Right. I think it did it once. In the first season. season, I think. It, in the first episode, it did it. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's done it. It did it once this season. I don't want to like give away a spoiler. In case oh, yeah. Was, but, right. you know, that episode uh-huh. with that one character. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it mostly doesn't do it. I don't think The Sopranos did it. I don't remember. But The Wire did, though, didn't it? Uh, Yeah. So some sometimes some of the HBO shows do it, some don't. I I think it works for... True Blood, because like we already talked about, it's a show that seemingly was always built around like cliffhangers and stuff, and so they could always give you like a mini, a mini cliffhanger, a right to yeah. right to kick off an episode, right into the intro. And I mean, if you watch a show on HBO enough times, like you eventually get sick of their intros because they're so long. Like pretty much every show oh, the, right. that they've ever done has an insanely long intro. But that's true. True Bloods is great. I don't want to hear anyone say otherwise. It I feel like it's perfect. It Yeah. Definitely The song is cool. The visuals are cool. Yeah, it's a bunch of like very like tone setting. Yeah, it it, it makes it seem like the show's gonna be better than it is. <laughs> yeah, it really makes it seem like a down and dirty in the bayou kind of thing. Right. Which I mean a lot of the actual sets are like very clean and generic compared to like that opening, which right. really seems like grimy and gritty. Yeah. But yeah, it's awesome. So then, I think we pick right back up. Yeah, with that, don't we? Right, with Lafayette and his boyfriend Jesus. Right. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like cutting back and forth to this scene. It's kind of a scene that goes on throughout the first now the half of the episode. Mean uh, which uh, villain lady Marnie? Marnie. Uh, she has a history with Jesus and knows that uh, his bloodline goes back to something i don't know he has this ability to uh turn into various mexican lucha wrestlers <laughs> is what it looks like like demon yeah things with like horns that look terrible 
Yeah, and it's unclear. <laughs> I mean, apparently, it, it's they always refer to this like brujo magic, but it's like it's unclear what exactly any of the powers would be. What they can do. Yeah, I mean, it's addressed a couple times throughout this season, and it always looks horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, the whole point now is like uh, Lafayette being controlled by Marnie has tied up Jesus and is threatening to hurt the body of Lafayette if uh, Jesus doesn't give over the power of the Brujo to Marnie. (laughs) (laughs) If you're confused, that's okay, because I don't think anyone understood what was going on at any point during any of this. (laughs) Yeah. Including the people writing and directing and acting in the scene. (laughs) Oh, the writers of this show abandoned a million storylines. Yeah. Then we get... uh, God, I can't even remember what order. We're gonna fit. I mean, is well, I mean, it cuts to like other stuff. Oh, though. Okay. Like, it doesn't stay with that because that plays out for like almost the first half of the whole episode because oh. they don't cut to other things like a random conversation between Suki and Tara in Boo. the kitchen of their house that they now share together, even though they're not lesbians. <laughs> they're best friends and. Suki's having some flashbacks to her grand's death, which occurred in season one. Inexplicably, this is happening in this episode. I mean, it's not really clear why at that point. I mean, it'll become clear later, I guess, but <laughs> even then. Yeah. And, you know, we see Suki's brother, uh, Jason. He uh, ha- has recently given in to temptation because he had some of, uh, he drank some of, jessica the vampire's blood and when you do that i guess you like go crazy and you can't like stop crazy think- obsessed yeah you can't stop thinking about the vampire or whatever and although if he couldn't stop thinking about her beforehand i mean i wouldn't blame him <laughs> just a friggin' smokehouse and probably the main reason why i stayed interested in this show by far my favorite character yeah jessica unbelievable <laughs> i mean pretty much the light of my life right for like a few years yes <laughs> during like a uh, a dark period <laughs> just knocking over things yeah um he has given into temptation and had sex with jessica but the problem is jessica is the ex-girlfriend of his best friend hoyt and now for whatever reason he feels like he has to go tell hoyt that he did this in a particularly painful scene for me to watch <laughs> <laughs> and so like hoyt is just like work by himself i know everyone's jobs in this fucking town is just like the people who work at marlott's the restaurant don't need to show up the construction workers i mean jason's a construction worker too no he's like a cop right? i think oh this at point. this point yeah that's true maybe but he doesn't he seemingly never has to work no no one ever really has to work I mean, Hoyt is just cutting trees <laughs> in He's the middle like, of the road. It's unclear what has happened, but it seems like maybe a tree has fallen on a road and he's like using a chainsaw to like cut the tree up to clear the road or something. But he's right. by himself yeah. in like construction vest or something in a construction up. vest or something and like jason like approaches him and tells him that he had sex with jessica and like <laughs> hoyt's like after like he like builds it up first too to be like you know how good friends we are like <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe we should bury the lead on that one yeah hoyt is like how and <laughs> <laughs> jason confuses this question to think like what 
types of positions they did. <laughs> He's like missionary, then doggy, then oh. she got on top. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, if you're Hoyt, that it's is just brutal. like a gut wrench <laughs> good lord it's just that vomit in your stomach feeling like oh i'm very familiar with it by the way because <laughs> i mean you have to understand like hoyt and jessica's relationship was a very like precious thing on the show uh both of them at the time were very like inexperienced both and, virgins yeah and kind of like older virgins like it's weird because like hoyt seems like you know, a full-blown, like, adult, like, in his 20s, but, like, Jessica was, like, 17 when she turned into, a va- like, a vampire, so she's basically 17 forever. Right. So... Which I guess there's no moral issues with that on the show? <laughs> Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, once you become a vampire, like, all bets are off. Right. So, like, Kirsten Dunst in Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> Fair game, I oh, guess. boy. <laughs> But I can't remember. So it's particularly pl- painful to picture your best friend just tagging it doggy style. Just having a time. <laughs> so he punches Plus Jason's Jason. Like got, a- yeah, Jason's just got like this immaculate body and Hoyt's just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This schlub. <laughs> yeah, and so he punches Jason a few times and kicks him when he's down and stuff. Well, yeah, deservedly so. So, you know, then... Uh, we come across this is the weird attitude for shit like this though because instead of jason being like you know what what i did was fucked up i'm gonna take this beating and then i'm never gonna see jessica again and i'll wait for you to stop being mad at me and then i'll try and rebuild our friendship no he looks at the hoyt beating him as like he's now free of the shackles of hoyt he can now have guilt-free sex with jessica right uh i still feel i feel like he'd be i don't know i still feel like the drinking of her blood in the context of the show is just like he's still pretty like powerless in a trance (laughs) i mean i was in a trance and i didn't even drink her blood (laughs) but yeah i mean i'd straight up like slit my friend's throat for a chance at that ass (laughs) yeah i mean good lord but like Okay, so then, I mean, we're still, like, in this introductory phase of the episode. We're kind of, like, seeing all the characters. And so then, you know, we have, like, a scene with uh, Sam, the owner of Merlot's, uh, where Sookie, the main character, works, and various other characters. I think even Jessica is a waitress at one point. At one point, I remember you pitching the idea of a spinoff series just called Jessica Vampire Waitress, which would have been great. <laughs> it would have been so much better than this oh, horrible show. Yeah. But uh, Sam has, his brother has died. His brother and him are both shapeshifters. His brother got into some weird shapeshifting. Uh, Sam, a shitty character, but his brother, a particularly shitty character. <laughs> yeah, his this brother was, a was big, the worst. Good riddance moment. Yeah, his brother started shape-shifting into humans, which I guess is a big no-no and causes you to die right. eventually. Although, I don't remember how he dies exactly. I think he's mur- he's killed by somebody, but... Yeah. Whatever. I th- yeah, he's killed matter. by like that other werewolf. God, even like talking about this is just like humiliating. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this show is even more... It's even like more of a ridiculous show to descri- to describe to a non fan than like Game of Thrones. Oh or something. yeah, like this is just like ridiculous. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's werewolves, witches, uh, vampires, shapeshifters, fairies, fairies, 
anything you could imagine is on this show. Um, so his brothers die. His brother died, and his brother's not really a particular popular person in town. So he's the only one there at the uh, funeral. I guess there's nobody. Yeah, it's not much of a service. It's not really a service because there's no one there except for Sam. Like, not any kind of... Yeah, did he bury the body himself? <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, literally dug a hole in the cemetery right. and put his brother in it. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Hoyt's mom shows up, who's kind of like this horrible character. Yes, who, like, another just completely worthless character. <laughs> I don't know. I, I sometimes think there was some humor with yeah. that character. Yeah. She's like an overprotective, uh, religious, uh, but hypocritical, uh, prejudiced monster of right. a w- woman, and like she kind of had a weird relationship with Sam's brother because he was like living with her. At yeah, one he point. like replaced Hoyt. Yeah, because she swore off Hoyt for effing a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> effing. Nice use of effing. <laughs> and then you know Hoyt's mom is like tells Sam to call her mom now, <laughs> which I found to be really odd and uncomfortable for everyone. Yeah, and I don't think he ever would go on to do so. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and then uh, Luna, who is a werewolf, no shapeshifter. No, shapeshifter. Right? Yeah, she shows up with her daughter, who's half werewolf, half shapeshifter. Yes. Uh, cause she's kind of got something going on with, uh, Sam now. Sam takes like a big, it's like a weird move because like Sam, who's basically an animal, I guess. I don't really know what, I mean, he's a human, but he can be he an animal. He seems to be, his main like shape-shifting form is to a dog. <laughs> <laughs> he just like, we just, the camera's on him and he just like sniffs the air and then it turns and then there's like this chick there with like her daughter. <laughs> yeah. It's like really weird. Right. But, like, um, yeah, nothing really comes of that. But uh, all this time, we're, like, cutting back and forth to uh, Lafayette, like, holding Jesus, like, captive. And eventually, he just kills Jesus and takes the Bruja power. I mean, you know, there's not really a whole lot to say about that. No, it stinks. (laughs) (laughs) So then, you know, we have, like, this kind of extended scene at Merlot's and, like... I don't know, it's Halloween, tensions are high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some of this stuff I feel like we would probably just... Yeah, just sk- we'll just get to the important scenes. <laughs> so, yeah, Sookie, who had been fired by Sam's brother when Sam had shapeshifted... Or Sam's brother had sa- shapeshifted into Sam, gets her job back. Sam kind of... Sam strangely in- covers for his dead brother at this part. I don't really understand Maybe he didn't want to admit... That shapeshifters can shift into humans, because yeah. then she'd be, like, freaked out even more. But yeah, she'd be like, get away from you, freak. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of unclear what his th- line of thinking was there, especially with all, like, the weird bullshit that, like, Sookie is already used to. <laughs> I mean, I don't really think that that yeah, would have freaked know. her out anymore, but who knows. Uh, The one thing that happens in Marlott's, uh, uh, what's it, Mar- Darlene, what? Arlene, what's Arlene? The, yeah, Arlene's a shitty boyfriend. Terry. Terry. Someone from his past. An uh, old war buddy. Yeah, the backup boyfriend from Felicity shows up. Yeah. Which means something. <laughs> well, it leads to a particularly terrible storyline yes. for the next season. Right. Which is just 
unbelievably awful. <laughs> like, it's some of the worst television they, that's ever been filmed. They start putting those pieces in place for the next season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Arlene, you know, will later uh, get, like, a warning about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's really no way. Yeah. Um, and then Sookie has, like, a really awful conversation with Alcide, who's a werewolf, who is kind of like her third love interest on the show behind Bill and Eric, who we have Although, yet to even talk about. Right. But to this point, no relations with Alcide ever, right? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember. Like, I don't think they get it going until later. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because it is... I do wonder why, like, you know, the scene at the end of this episode happens on... What was she so mad about? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think that they got to go until later, but... <laughs> this episode's like a disaster. All right, so... <laughs> unclear if I'm talking about the True Blood or this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Both. Um. All right, so... What happens next? I don't know. Uh. I guess she. they leave with... Suki isn't like it when Suki's outside with Holly, or is that not till later? Mm, that's not till later because first Tara goes to Lafayette's oh, house to try yeah. to find him because he didn't show up to work, and he she discovers the murdered body of Jesus and somehow puts it all together that Marnie has infested <laughs> yeah. Lafayette. There's really I don't no know proof. why she would think that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess she just. I mean, Lafayette's her cousin, so I guess like she really just doesn't believe that her cousin would do that. I don't know. Right. So then she goes and gets Sookie, who's with Holly, who's another waitress who happens to be a Wiccan and... no stuff. ...has been involved with this Marnie storyline tangentially. Right. <laughs> she was part of her little witch circle. Yeah. And they, they realize they're going to have to go, you know, take care of this. Um... While that's going on, we see uh, someone dressed up in like a little Red Riding Hood outfit kind of running through the forest. In the best scene probably in the history of this show. Yes. Um, we have like a cover of Where Did You Sleep Last Night playing. And we... <laughs> I'm trying to think about it. like set this up. <laughs> It turns out to be <laughs> it turns out to be Jessica and she has come to pay a visit to Jason at his house in this insane red riding hood lingerie getup. Yeah, she's basically just wearing like the cape with a hood, but like underneath that is just like like hot lingerie. <laughs> I mean, she's like the best part of this too is something that like you don't even realize until this at least the second time you watch it because you don't know who that is at first, and then it kind of like delays for a second before it all plays out. But then when you watch it again, you realize it's like, man, she's like running to go get fucked. I mean, she <laughs> is like thirsty <laughs> AF. Yeah, and it's like Jesus. Yes, yeah. Jason plays it very coy, <laughs> eating a popsicle. <laughs> yeah, but quick cut to a pretty, I would say, classy but graphic sex scene. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, uh, Deborah Ann Wall, who plays Jessica, manages to not show her nipples, per se. Even though she's pretty much completely nude. Yeah, like, 
you somehow see nothing, but you see her whole body. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's it kind of a weird sense. combination. It's just like why not just go full, you know? But whatever, it's still unbelievable. Right for a show that I mean, most of the female actresses did nudity on. She made it through without ever doing it. Really, this was the closest she came. I don't know if I'd say like most. All right, well. Well, the like, Tara didn't. Yeah, I guess Arlene that's true. didn't. Well, okay. Pam didn't. All right. Holly didn't. They would just randomly introduce characters that would. Yeah, that's true. I don't think I don't think Evan Rachel Wood did. No. <laughs> All right. So I mean, there's point over. There's a lot of nudity, and Anna Paquin does like a ton of it, right? Throughout pretty much the entire run of the show, but yeah. It's kind of a bummer that like we didn't get like the full nude scene with Jessica, but you know this was pretty fucking great. This scene, <laughs> like this scene, is hot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. Ba- I mean, when, if you want to know like why this episode stuck out in my mind is like one to pick. <laughs> yeah, there's one scene in particular, and you know she can't help but like. <laughs> continuously bring up Hoyt not like in not like in a in a way that like is particularly off-putting it's more like and she kind of explains like it's her only only reference point to anything with anyone so it's always like well Hoyt was afraid of me blowing him right because of my fangs (laughs) yeah I mean we've all been there Maybe not that exact conversation, With but something similar. With you, it's similar. usually like, you know, the chick's braces. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because that was the last time I had a girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it basically, you know, it basically leads you to believe that, like, Jessica and Jason will, like, continue to be a thing throughout the upcoming season. Even though she puts the brakes on it being, like... She's like, look, honey, this ain't no dinner thing. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I just got out of a relationship, all right? Yeah. And she doesn't want to suck his blood. Right, because that's too intimate, as she says. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Little well, show. can I suck yours? <laughs> so then she leaves, and then there's like a another knock on his door. And it ends up being the Reverend Steve Newland, who we haven't seen since season two, who is a militant anti-vampire crusader and the big reveal is now he has fangs and he is a vampire yes so that's like a shocking cliffhanger <laughs> turn of events <laughs> meanwhile suki tara and holly are on their way to bill and eric because they know that marnie hasn't left this earth yet and is now inside the body of lafayette and suki kind of has the weird she doesn't like you don't see it but she kind of like references like oh i think they already know meaning like she thinks that marnie's already made her way over there and of course she has as yeah because the witches for some reason have a grudge against the vampires well these yeah these particular witches um kind of never really explained how marnie as Lafayette is able to just take two vampires. It actually and- makes zero sense because A, we're Bill and Eric together. <laughs> B I'm sure there was a lot of fanfic written about that. <laughs> by me. Uh Bill lives in this guarded mansion. Oh, yeah, and we see like a trail of dead guards. Right. 
Uh, well, now that Marnie has like brujo power, see, <laughs> they're vampires with like insane strength and power, and can like flash all over the place. And, and Eric, Eric can, can fly. fly. <laughs> it's like this is just a witch inside some dude's body, and who now has apparently the ability to turn into these horrible demon things that are worthless that don't do anything, right? And it's like. Completely unexplained, but Bill and Eric are now just like tied up outside in Bill's yard in like a little like with the uh, she took like the window panes down (laughs) and like surrounded this log that they're tied to and she's going to light them on fire. But it it makes zero sense that she'd be able to to get them and tie them up. Yeah, I mean, they're like shirtless and like the only way is if they did it during the day when they were sleeping, but it's not. It's nighttime. Yeah, because if it was during the day, why wouldn't she just drag them out right, into the sun? In, at which point they would just burn up and be gone within a matter of seconds. Yeah, it's it really is not explained at They're all. They're also shirtless. Yeah, I did say. Oh, that. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, because like the silver really to drive that home is what's chaining them. They can't. Whenever they're chained by like silver, they can't get out because it will just like cut through them if they try to like force their way against it. Or whatever, right. like burns through them. So like, I don't know. I mean, then like Holly knows like a spell, and like, <laughs> and apparently, you know, so since she knows it, then Suki and Tara know it too. Yeah, after they also hearing, <laughs> one, after hearing the line once, they're able to repeat it. Yeah, they keep saying they. She basically brings up like all these dead bodies, and like from the graveyard which happens to be like right next to this mansion for some reason right and like it's weird because like we see all these people coming out of the graveyard and then only two of them really ever are a part of the scene in a particularly bad action sequence uh now we've talked about it this show the effects were terrible throughout its entire run yeah, it's shocking how bad the special effects are on this show. Right. And conti- like they were from day one all the way till the end of yes. the show. Like I don't understand For how show that's that possible. It was fairly popular too. Yeah, it definitely had like a, a pretty popular run. It kinda like bridged the gap between like HBO's like previous successes and Game of Thrones. Like, yeah. It was in the middle there, it was like its most popular show. Yeah, which is Crazy to think that at one point True Blood was really carrying that torch for <laughs> HBO. Yeah, I mean that was a dark, dark time period <laughs> in all our lives. But um, yeah, like you know, okay, so this other witch that has been like Marnie's obsession, Antonio, Antonia, Antonia, who's pretty hot, pretty hot, but dresses like in a potato sack, <laughs> basically, right, like. She's involved, and then, like, Sookie's gran is, like, involved, who we haven't seen since season one when she was murdered. So, all these other, like, resurrected corpses don't do anything. Yeah, they fade out of the narrative (laughs) really quickly. And eventually, like, um, Antonia puts the fire out that she had, uh, Marnie had set to, like, burn up Eric and Bill. And then Gran... (laughs) And Marnie's like... What the hell? And she's like, well, vampires have their purpose, too. Yeah, she's like, stop being a bitch. Yeah. And then, like, Gran, (laughs) in a scene that's particularly great, Gran, this, like, 80-year-old woman, like, reaches inside the throat of Lafayette and pulls Marnie out. 
and Marnie's like wearing like this leather jacket and she like stinks. And, and as you pointed out, looks exactly like Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grand basically pulls Paul McCartney out of Lafayette's body. <laughs> and then they have like this really horrible conversation where they're like trying to convince her that like, yeah, it's time to go. Like you're dead now. You have to come with us. And she's like, I don't want to. I mean, it's really like that. It's that lame. It's like, I don't want to. It's like, but it's time. Uh. And then yeah, eventually it's like, really, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's unclear where they're going. Uh, some sort of uh, underworld or something. But it's weird because it seems like both good and bad characters alike are going there. It's not really... Well, there's a special afterlife for magical creatures, maybe. Okay, all right, yeah. And then Sookie has her like emotional conversation with Gran who is like, yeah, well, sorry, I'm still dead. Yeah, Peace. get over it. <laughs> it Like, I pointed out, like, it's kind of weird. Like, you have arguably five of the more pivotal characters throughout the entire show's run in that scene with Bill, Eric, Sookie, Tara, and Lafayette, who have been there since day one. Although, even Eric, I don't think, was even in the first episode, but... Maybe he was, but like... Yeah, I think they go to Fantasia in the first episode, maybe. Maybe. But like, five of the main characters... I mean, granted, Tara and Lafayette really start to be less and less and less important as the show goes on, but like... And then you randomly have Holly, who's like this idiot character that's like introduced late... Probably that season. I th- Or... Th- I think she was introduced late the season before. Maybe. Like, introduced, and they kind of made it seem like there was a little bit of mystery around her, but then it was just like, she never really panned out to be anything. Yeah, I mean, she was pretty worthless. Yeah. But, like... She's just an old, <laughs> single mom. Yeah. Super lame. <laughs> she, could, I mean, she's still all right looking, though. Yeah. Oh, Holly can get it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a weird, like, climactic scene for a season kind of thing. Like, oh, well, yeah, like especially, the big... the, which is, like, something that this show liked to do, which was have their climactic scenes and then have 40, uh, yeah. 40 more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the best was the oft-referenced season two that we've already talked about right. where they kill uh, Marianne, like, in the first 15 minutes of the episode. And then the rest of it is just them, like, hanging out. Like, talking about it. Yeah. Like, man, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the rest of the episode. Right. Um, so anyway, so they took care of that situation and basically this, uh, love triangle that's been going on for pretty much the entire run of the show is now coming to a head. <laughs> you would think, but <laughs> well, not really. Yeah. <laughs> Cause then it they cuts, act like it's reaching it cuts a to a weird scene with like Sookie on a couch with Bill and Eric, like on either side of her, like drinking out of her wrists to like heal themselves up because she's got the magic fairy blood. Right. Which the thing that you're never really sure about is like, do they like really love her or are they just like obsessed with her? Like delicious blood. (laughs) (laughs) That's a question I've like often asked myself in my own relationships. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they kind of like set it up like, if I would draw a comparison to, like, modern WWE, like, Bill is, like, the Roman Reigns of this scenario. Like, he's, like, the... He's kind of, like, this babyface character that, like, 
we're supposed to like root for and like even though he stinks like he is one of the worst characters on any tv show i've ever watched yeah but and he's awful and like the some actor of it, is awful yeah well some of it is the character and some of it is like the actor like, right he's terrible and like very hateable but like he's supposed even like when he turns evil like later in the show's run it's like the show is still kind of trying to push the narrative of like Sookie should still love him. Yeah, like, he's the true one for her. And, like, even, like, it ends... It eventually leads to, like, you know, her killing him right in the last season. And it's supposed to be, like, this big emotional cathartic thing. And it's really just, like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> to the applause of us. And then, like, Eric is really, like, the Seth Rollins or Dean Ambrose, who's, like, more of the fan favorite. Like, everybody... Even before, like, Sookie and Eric, like, even, like, hook up for the first time, like, I think people were, like, wanting it, like, fans and, like, you know, it was, like, the thing, like, people were, like, pushing for. Well, I mean, they started, like, toying with it as early as season two. Yeah, and it, it took a while to play out, but and I guess, like, in that analogy, like, Sookie would be, like, the uh, championship belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... So then, um, you know, Lafayette's, like, depressed and crying because he killed his boyfriend. <laughs> is, it, is that before the big, like, s- scene where Sookie discusses her decision with them? Oh, uh, what what is the decision? I don't remember. Well, it's, like, this pivotal moment because uh, basically this whole... I, I'd like to go on record as saying I'm putting quotes around the word pivotal <laughs> because, I mean, who gives a shit? Well, go yeah, ahead. this whole season... After fighting Eric off <laughs> every time he would try to sniff around, she finally like succumbs to him because he has become this kind of like idiot. I don't I don't even remember what happens to him, but he basically becomes just like a dolt, and she starts banging him at this point. Yeah, and then he becomes back to his normal self, and he's like, "Well, I remember everything." And she's like, well, I love you too. But it's like, she did, this whole time, she wasn't even spending time with like the real Eric. Yeah. And we're supposed to like buy it. But I don't know. It plays horrible. It kind of seems like when they're getting ready to discuss like what's going to happen or what's, what is her choice going to be. It's kind of like that scene in uh, Chasing Amy with Ben Affleck and Jason Lee and <laughs> Joey Lauren Adams at the end. And Sookie's just like, well, I think we need to all fuck each other. <laughs> but no. Yeah, I mean, she's... I mean, she basically is, like, begging for a DP, like, the entire time. yeah. And they're just not, like, picking up on her heavy-handed hints. Yeah, even though it seems like they'd be completely down for it. (laughs) Why wouldn't they be? Right. Yeah, so then Lafayette, depressed, because now he's been revived and he's normal again, but now he realizes that he killed his boyfriend, but Tara tries to talk him off the ledge. Then he's visited by Jesus' ghost, who's like, yo, it's cool, homie. We we can BF later in the afterlife. Right. And then, what else? I mean... Oh, okay. So then, we have, we've already had, like, the cliffhanger with Reverend Newland, which probably actually happened, like, way later, but, like, 
I, we kind of just skip to it because it kind of all happens like right after Jessica leaves at one point or whatever. You know, there's a there's a lot of like jumping back and forth like between these scenes. It's hard to like keep track of when everything happens. But then we see like Alcide, who has been called by like some construction guy that I guess he works with or works for him. I don't know. What, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Unclear. And there's been like some kind of an incident at this parking garage, and I guess like you know. If you're a viewer of the show, you kind of, like, start to get, like, this, like, hey, wait a minute kind of feeling, like, what's going on here? And then we see that something is broken out from underneath all this cement, but, like, the construction worker can't remember anything, and there's some silver chains that have been broken and left behind, and there's, like, a giant hole in the ground where this thing has come out, and we remember that uh, Russell Edgington, the villain from season three, who they decided not to kill but bury alive <laughs> yeah in chains in cement in a parking garage uh has broken out and is on the loose we don't see him in this episode but we know he's gonna be coming back for season five yeah and we talked about how shitty the villains are on the show but he was probably he was the probably best. the best one yeah. yeah he was like a vampire too right so it didn't feel like lame that they were creating some other kind of weird supernatural thing yeah but yeah he was like you know more of a straightforward like evil vampire that like you would maybe see in like a horror movie or something like he definitely just wanted to like kill humans all the time and be more of like the give give into the baser instincts of being a vampire i guess right so then um we already had Grand from season one come back. Then we get Renee, who was the villain from season one, Ugh. who was killed, and he was a human. But he appears to his ex-girlfriend Arlene when she's going to take the trash out at Merlot's, and she's warning him about her new man, Terry, and this guy from his past. It's unclear why Renee... Like, none of that know. makes any sense. Yeah, I don't know. They're trying to play with this whole thing where all of a sudden... People are coming back from the dead. Well, not coming back, but like their spirit is just able to interact. I don't know. They're using that same crutch. I could buy that like, I could buy that Arlene has like a premonition that something bad is going to happen. But like, why would it come to her in the form form of Renee, who she... A serial killer. Yeah. Who basically ruined her life. Right. Because she... (laughs) She, he was like, he, and the funny thing is his apparition is speaking in the Cajun accent that we learned was fake. Because remember he had like those tapes of like how to do that. Right. And the whole thing, like it was all like. I hate the way he talks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, I guess there was something like fun about like bringing him back just for shits and giggles, but whatever. It, it meant nothing really. And the storyline that he's even you know, warning her about sucks so bad (laughs) that, like, (laughs) it would have literally been better if, like, even though he was a human being and he had no supernatural powers, if he came back from the dead and was involved in a storyline rather than what actually happens with Terry and his war buddy who stinks. God. But anyway, um, I guess that pretty much is everything except for the last scene, right? Uh, As far as I can remember... (laughs) So, another crazy, wild experience for Sookie, and she comes back to her house, and she's in the kitchen, 
and all of a sudden Alcide's ex-girlfriend whose name is Debbie who's also a werewolf I guess Here's the thing about the werewolves on True Blood. They stink. Yeah. They literally are the worst. They can't do anything. They die, like, super easy. Yeah, for a show filled with supernatural beings, like, we pretty much learn almost immediately that werewolves are, like, the lowest of the low. Right. They are awful. Yeah. Like... The big, t- and that was the thing. It was like back when True Blood was way more innocent and normal. At the end of like the season, the fairies one. are laughing at werewolves. Well, yeah, the fairies are like almost like the top of the food chain. It seems like I don't know. They seem like they're defeated pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> but like back, like I can't remember when they first like hint that there's going to be werewolves. It may have even been as early as season one, but it's definitely by season two they're like hinting at it, right? pretty heavily that like oh yeah werewolves are going to be involved like they definitely tease out this idea that like oh we might be headed towards like an underworld-esque like werewolf versus vampire like war or something or something like major or like the or the very least that werewolves are going to be like major players on the scene yeah and really be like a force to be reckoned with and then like basically as soon as they're involved you're like Oh, get rid of these guys. Yeah, they stink. Like, they they just... All they can do... Like, you realize that, like, they don't really have any supernatural ability other than turning into a wolf. That's it. Like, they, they don't, like... They're not unkillable. They can't do anything magical other than turn into a wolf. They can't fly. They can't teleport. They can't... You know, not that these are things that werewolves necessarily do, but, like, you realize that, like, all of these other supernatural creatures that they've created on the show can do so much more that, like, a werewolf is, like, nothing. They're all pretty unlikable in their human form also. Yeah. <coughs> Just, like, white trash. Yeah, but not as white trash as the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, they're Which, incestual white trash. <laughs> but, like, even the Panthers, you're like, well... A panther at least kind of seems cool. Like, I guess a wolf is cool, but, like, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, a big dog. Like, I don't know. They're just, like, not that great. <laughs> they just don't do anything. Like, yeah. they're kind of, like, and, like, the they way They certainly pose no threat to vampires. No, or anyone. <laughs> and, like, and, you know, the way that they operate, like, with a pack master and stuff is, like, reminiscent of, like the motorcycle club on like sons of anarchy yeah it's like so like trashy and like (laughs) gross right but like um so debbie is pissed at sookie see that's why i thought that like she had like had something going with alcide by now or something because what is debbie pissed at sookie for well debbie left alcide i know but like she's pissed at sookie about something i don't know i thought that they just never there was like some wasn't there some weird confrontation where like Sookie or somebody like slashed Debbie across yeah, the face? That already happened. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, but like what was that about? I don't well, Debbie and I think several maybe other people tried to raid Sookie's house at that point. Because I remember that scene For what though? Like, I don't know. What but was their problem? I remember that scene ended it must be like Bill showed up because then it all ended with like Sookie and Bill like fucking on the kitchen floor. And, like, choking each other. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I don't know. Like, whatever the reason, Sookie, or Debbie showed up in Sookie's house with a shotgun. Debbie's just a lunatic. Yeah, and she wants to kill Sookie. 
And it's at that moment that Tara runs in and pushes Sookie out of the way and catches a shotgun blast to the head. Right. You know, to the cheers of the audience. Because <laughs> Tara was just completely a bore. Yeah, Tara started out with a lot of promise in season one. It, she was a little stereotypical. Like, I, 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 I will say that. Like, she definitely had, like, the angry black woman thing going. early in season one where she like gets fired from her job and she's like swearing and like she seems very angry at the world and has like a lot of problems with her mom and all that stuff but like she was way more interesting like she had this weird soft spot because she had a crush on Sookie's brother Jason that was like never gonna go anywhere and like she had like a fling with Sam yeah, and then she disappears from Bontown and has like a lesbian relationship, which yeah. probably led into and this And has a relationship with a vampire at one point. Yeah, who turned out to be insane. And right. She had to like kill, but then he wasn't really dead. And yeah. I forget who actually kills him. Oh my God, this show. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so Sookie tackles Debbie, wrestles the shotgun away. Debbie's begging for her life. Sookie blows her head off. <laughs> <laughs> And then the season ends with Sookie cradling Tara in her arms and screaming, somebody help us, somebody help us, and then it goes to credits. And it's a pretty dramatic cliffhanger. Yeah. For a show that like definitely had some shitty ones. Like This, this episode, when viewed by itself without factoring in what's to come, like what comes of these things, it definitely, you're like, wow, it really like set up like a lot right with russell edgington and steve newland being back on the scene and uh tara maybe being dead and like sookie being a murderer <laughs> <laughs> what do they what do they do with debbie's body they just bury her in the yard yeah. or something <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and i think like later uh i i think like al seeds like yeah debbie's like missing oh yeah that yeah and I don't, does Sookie like not say anything? I, yeah, I don't think that she, <laughs> she ever like tells him. Yeah, sa- says what happened. Right. It's just like, oh yeah, Tara's a vampire now. <laughs> no one really questions why right. that all happened. Yeah, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we couldn't get rid of Tara. Tara does not die. They enlist the services of Pam with the save <laughs> to turn her into a vampire. I'm not really sure why. I can't Although I will say this for the like last. Whatever, a couple seasons of the show, the Pam like having to take care of Tara were some of like the better scenes. Yeah, Pam is like a gem on this show. Always funny. Yeah, always great. Yep. And like her wearing like Grand's like sweatshirt to like because she's like gonna like bury herself with Tara during the transformation or whatever. Right. That whole like sequence is like really funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's just like so annoyed that she has to be doing this, and I think she's only doing it because. She wants to get back in Eric's good graces. Yeah, so, so Sookie's like, going to be like, I'll put you over with Eric. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so, all right. True Blood it was seven grueling years of a show yeah. that never really paid off. Pretty yeah. much like every show, really. At least this was just one grueling episode of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going we're gonna to do a run of movies maybe for a little bit. Try to... Save some of the TV stuff for later. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> we did the best we could. Yeah. Not all the episodes are going to be winners. 
I feel like I say that every episode. <laughs> it's always like a disclaimer. Like, yeah, this one was terrible, but just wait. That Someday might be a good one. later in our run. <laughs> yeah, I think, and maybe, I'm sure if anybody listened to this and they've made it this far, they'd be thinking, why didn't you say this at the beginning? But this is one where, like, you really need to be familiar with the show in oh. this episode. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, what are we even talking if about? If you gave, like, that disclaimer, though, I, like... No one I know would listen to this episode. <laughs> I know. That's why I didn't until we were done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are we even saying? <laughs> it's oh, like insane. Wear Panthers? <laughs> what? Like, I know. Well, now you all know what it feels like to be the people that sat next to us at work five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we definitely just had no shame in, <laughs> in a blow by blow. Like... The episode. Of I think True that Blood, was like a solid B plus episode. <laughs> an episode of True Blood would literally be like fifty minutes or fifty five minutes, and we would then talk about it for three hours on a Monday morning. Yeah, but I mean, it, to to our credit, it was mostly complaining about the episode. <laughs> that that was like the one thing about this show that was great. It was fun to watch in a way where you would just complain about right. it endlessly, just to bitch about it and be like, what. <laughs> Because, I mean, the nudity was great. Yeah, that's true. And they would pull off enough good scenes and dramatic stuff throughout a season where you would be like, all right, this was pretty cool. Or like, I'm in on this part. And then like, or they'd have a little storyline running. Like the Jessica Hoyt relationship when they first get together is so great. Yeah. Like it's just, and it would, and they'd only give like five minutes of time to it per episode. And so it took forever to build. Yeah. But it just would be so good. Because when Jessica first becomes a vampire, that's like that's some of the greatest TV I've ever oh, seen. Oh, totally! Like she's so funny. Yeah, it's so great because she was just like this pathetic. Like you felt like almost sick to your stomach because they they make like as punishment for Bill killing a vampire, he has to make a new vampire, and so they pull this pathetic like redheaded girl out of a trunk of a car, and she's crying and screaming. And it's just like the worst thing ever. And you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this to this girl. And it's like horrible. And Bill is supposed to be like a good guy and he doesn't want to do it. But he has to do it or else they're going to kill him and all this stuff. So he like makes her into a vampire. And you just are like, oh, this is awful. Yeah, it's like gut-wrenching. And then cut to her being a vampire. And she's just like giving Bill so much shit. (laughs) And she's just like, you're the worst. I hate you. (laughs) And just... She's like out of control brat. Yeah. She's like a vampire and it's like so great. And she like hated her life as a human, you find out. Oh yeah. <laughs> so anyway, folks, we're out of time. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at greatest pod. Tell your friends, subscribe, rate and review. Please subscribe. Just do it. <laughs> and also leading. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that like if if you listen to this show, you, you really explaining to people why they should subscribe. You really great. need to tell at least ten people about it. <laughs> Pay it forward. Uh, maybe don't recommend this episode. Oh no! <laughs> but you know, pick out some of your favorites and just be like, "Hey, check this out." Even if you just have like one half a favorite, even if there's like ten minutes of an episode that you think is like somewhat okay, put we that really, over. We'd really like to see our download numbers go up (laughs) instead of down. Yeah. (laughs) Which they seemingly have been. Uh, We were expecting an episode to have like 30, so I think that means more like six. (laughs) 
Um, all right. So we'll see you next time. Uh, peace out.